This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. I recently watched the documentary Where Dreams Go to Die. It follows the story of Gary Robbins during his first two attempts at completing the Barkley Marathons. This is a somewhat underground ultra marathon race that is probably one of the toughest in the world. I'm not sure I'll ever run an ultra, probably not, but I am inspired by the men and women that do. Today's episode is my tribute to these amazing athletes. Welcome to the Coffee Buzz, broadcasting from planet Earth. Uh, that's what they told me anyway when the mothership uh, dropped me off. <laughs> I'm Brad. Thank you for listening. Chameleon Cold Brew seems to be on sale everywhere these days. Um, I'm seeing it for like $6 a bottle, which is a pretty big markdown. Uh, like I think it's closer to 10 bucks regular retail price, but I've seen it in multiple stores around here where they've got it on sale for a little over $6. And I know what they're doing. They're reeling me back in because I've sort of gravitated away from the cold brew. Um, but now, you know, it's June in Texas, almost July. So it's heating up. And I saw it at this store the other day and I thought, wow, I don't know when I'm going to get this chance again. I'll go ahead and just get a bottle at this price. And I went through it in no time flat. <laughs> I am back hooked again. I know they're going to jack the price on me soon, and I'm going to be wine. I'm going to be paying full price. I did experiment with one of their flavors that I typically don't go for, and it's the mocha uh, blend, and it is outstanding. I, I did not think I was going to like it, um, but it has that chocolate flavor to it. That man, it, it is really good. I bet you throw that in with some uh, chocolate almond milk and uh, some crushed ice, and that would be a tasty treat. I haven't tried it yet. Um, yeah, I think Chameleon just does it right. I've tried to create my own cold brew, and it's I've been fairly successful at it. Um, but one, it's it's an extra, you know step it's an extra waiting period i mean it is easy but it's just one of the one more thing that you got to prep for and uh this is just convenient you know you open it up and go <laughs> but um I, they get it right i don't know how they do it but it is so much better than the cold brew that that i make um but uh hats off to you guys chameleon if you can find it at six dollars a bottle just snatch up as many as you can for the summer <laughs> My friend Randy told me to check out the documentary Where Dreams Go to Die, and it was really good. Blew me away. It's about a Canadian runner, Gary Robbins, and his two attempts at completing the Barkley Marathons. Or I've also seen it called the Barkley 100. Um, it is, whatever it's called, it is among the most difficult, uh, sadistic 
and unreasonable races in the world. Uh, it's been around for about 30 years and fewer than 20 runners have finished. And it it's just an eccentric race. <laughs> I mean, it, it has this convoluted entry process um, and it's not really a precise race distance for the course. I mean, they, they say it's 100 miles, but experienced people that have done the race, uh, they say that it's longer. It has to be longer. It's basically uh, five loops, and it also has unpredictable start times. Um, they'll just they'll start any time between midnight and noon on a certain day, which just adds to the uh, the sleep deprivation and the anxiety, whatever you want to call it, of the race itself. One of the biggest uh, challenges of the course is that just navigating it, just getting through the trails. Uh, it's an unmarked uh, route that has over 60,000 feet of elevation. That's a double that of the other, you know, 100 milers out there. The way that they hit their mile markers on these loops is they have to find different books throughout the park and tear a page out of it. Um, they have to complete five uh, 20 mile loops in under 60 hours. And if you complete just the first three runs, it's, it's called the fun run, which is just, uh, that one makes me laugh. It's kind of crazy because this actually started, the idea for this race started with a prison break in uh, 1977, James Earl Ray, who assassinated Martin Luther King, he escaped from the Brushy Mountain State Penitentiary. And so this massive manhunt took place over two days. But Ray only made it about eight miles through the hills and uh, backwoods surrounding the prison before getting caught. So the, the race leader, I think his last name is Cantrell, uh, the race leader heard about this and he said, well, I, I can make a hundred miles. That was nothing with this guy, you know, the eight miles, that's pathetic. And so he started the Barkley, what he called the Barkley marathons. And, uh, the name is said to come from Cantrell's neighbor, Barry Barkley. Uh, the reason is unclear. Um, but the first official running of the Barkley was in 1986 and though the race has gained in popularity over the last few years, the race caps out at 40 people each year for participants. And the field of uh, runners is kind of varied. It's all abilities. You know, you find elite runners uh, to people that uh, Cantrell says have no business being there. Um and this is especially true for whoever gets bib number one. That's known as the human sacrifice. <laughs> it's basically the person that Cantrell thinks has the least chance of finishing. Um, apparently, you're just supposed to mail in your application. Uh, there's nothing I can find online <laughs> for it. Um, but it's a uh, non-refundable registration fee of $1.60. <laughs> Um, 
I love that because most races these days are well over $100, even for just a marathon. Um, so he's not trying to get rich off this thing. Um, but it is a World Cup secret. I mean, there is no official race website. And if you are accepted to the race, he sends you a letter of condolences. <laughs> Here's what the letter says. Uh, it is my unfortunate duty to inform you that your name has been selected for the 2016 Barkley Marathons at Frozen Head State Park. It is anticipated that this enterprise will amount to nothing more than an extended period of unspeakable suffering, at the end of which you will ultimately find only failure and humiliation. <laughs> at best, you might escape without incurring permanent physical damage and psychological scarring which will torment you for the rest of your life. You may, if so desire, spend the intervening months between now and April in a futile attempt to perform sufficient training to enable yourself to cover a greater distance before your ultimate demise. However, it would probably be better to spend this time putting your affairs in order, update your will, visit your friends and relatives, and uh, otherwise tie up any and all loose ends. Should the unfortunate mental condition which led to your application for the 2016 Barkley Marathons improve, you might still escape by simply writing me and asking that your slot be passed to someone other, some other unfortunate fool. <laughs> There may be other unfortunate fools suffering from the same delusion and they quote want to participate in this hopeless endeavor <laughs> i love this letter uh it's pretty funny i've, I've never seen anything like that great letter <laughs> but the uh the course is not well known um other than the people that have attempted the race and there is just there's wicked terrain all kinds of switchbacks um, a person has to complete the five loops of the course to earn the title of a Barkley finisher. The elevation is insane too. Uh, it's one of the most notable challenges. The total elevation gain is 60,000 feet. So if you complete all five loops, it's the equivalent of climbing Mount Everest twice. And being in the woods, the runners are subject to thorns and blisters and just a whole list of unpleasant plants to run through um when i'm watching the uh, documentary on it these guys are coming back just scraped and cut up it's uh it's pretty insane and the race historically takes place during the first weekend of april um only racers are allowed on the course Media and spectators are quarantined to only two spots where crews basically wait at the campground. When these guys come in from the loop, they they go to their campsite and it is like a NASCAR pit stop. <laughs> I mean, it's uh it really is. You know, they're they're yelling out what foods they need or what uh you know, what's if they need to change socks or they need a new headlamp. It's, uh, it's pretty insane. And like I said before, the start time is all over the place. 
Uh, it can start anywhere from midnight to noon, usually on a Saturday. But the races are never told when the race officially starts or when it will officially start in the future. Um, the only indication that they receive is by Cantrell blowing a con shell. <laughs> Once Cantrell blows that conch, racers have one hour to get ready. And then once the hour is up, they all line up on the yellow gate at the campground, and he lights a cigarette, which indicates that the race has started and the clock is ticking. And then the participants have uh, 60 hours to complete the race. That is a hard cutoff, <laughs> as, uh, as learned by some of the participants. I don't want to spoil the... Uh, the documentary, because it's definitely worth watching. But um, some people don't make it. <laughs> a lot of people don't make it, actually. The bib is very important in this race. It doesn't track the runner or the splits, but each loop requires runners to make various points in the park, various checkpoints. And those those checkpoints are books that Cantrell has placed out there. And your bib number is the page that you need to rip out of the book. Um, typically nine to 11 books are placed throughout the woods. And if you're missing a page, then you don't officially complete the loop. <laughs> and there's one map at the start line for runners to copy. And there's no GPS technology or course markings available for runners. So they can't use their navigation systems that they normally would, which is just bonkers. <laughs> I would so get lost. Uh, so basically to be a finisher, you got to complete all these loops. Um, and the first two are clockwise. And then he does this thing where the second two are counterclockwise, basically to try to throw these people off. Most runners struggle to complete one loop. It's considered a high honor to complete the fun run of the three laps. Uh, if you do drop out, you surrender yourself at the, at the yellow gate and someone plays taps for you on a bugle horn to symbolize you tapping out of the race. It shouldn't be hard to believe that there haven't been very many finishers over the three decades that it's been around. Um, the fun run, the three loops, wasn't even completed until 1988. After that, it took until 1995 for someone to complete all five loops. And it kind of got me thinking, like, is this, uh, as much as I admire these people, is this is it healthy you know, to, to run a hundred miles plus in these crazy conditions? And I think for each person, it's a little different. Um, there's a fine line between being a dedicated athlete and being addicted to running. I mean, but I mean, experts have said that, uh, exercise addiction is a problem like, uh, you know, alcoholism or binge eating or, other addictive disorders. I mean, you could be addicted really to anything, right? Um, but they say an estimated 25% of runners suffer from exercise addiction. Uh, it makes me wonder why is it so high for the runners? 
I think for one, it's it's socially acceptable. You know, you can say oh, I've got to go do a 16 mile run today because I'm training for a marathon, and people will say, "Oh, that's awesome," or you know, they'll encourage you to do it. Um, and I, I also think there's just something to be said about all the endorphins. I mean, it's uh, there really is a runner's high, um, and it it improves your mood. And people who I know this happens to me when I'm in the midst of a uh, training that you kind of get used to that. That becomes your new baseline, that your mood is improved. And so you kind of want to keep that up. And if you don't go run that day, you feel you're not in as good of a mood. And um, it, it might not seem like such a bad thing, you know, but I could see where this could lead to some serious consequences. I mean, when, when I watch uh, this marathon, it, I kind of feel sorry for these people in a little, in a little bit. I mean, obviously they're grown adults and they're doing this on their own free will, but man, they are just punishing themselves. It, uh, it kind of got me on this YouTube wormhole of watching people run through the woods and uh there's some great documentaries out there the uh the guy that made uh where dreams go to die he's called the ginger runner that's his youtube channel and you can watch all these documentaries that he's made and they're really inspiring it makes you want to get out in the woods and just go go for a hike or a run um I don't know. Some people say it's crazy and I don't know that I'll ever do it, but I guess it is a little crazy, but to me, so is just being, you know, sedentary all the time. Like that's crazy and probably leads to more health problems than running the Barkley. Well, maybe not the Barkley, but, um, (laughs) just a regular marathon, you know, I recently found this uh, website to take your fitness test or fi- test your fitness age. Um, calculate your fitness age, world fitness level. That's what it is. The first thing they want to know, and I'm sure this is just for demographic purposes, but, um, you know, where do you live, um, your ethnicity, your age. And then it goes on to questions of like diet and how often do you exercise um, some questions about, you know, lifestyle, like how much time do you spend sitting down in a day and just general things like that. I'd say by the end, I had probably answered, uh, 20 questions or so. And then it gives you your fitness age, which is different from your actual physical age. And, uh, I'm, I'm going to be 45 this year and I don't know if this is right, but it says my fitness age is 33. I, I hope that's right. <laughs> Some days I, I can feel that uh, I don't feel 44. In other days I do. But um, I think primarily it's, it's because of the activity level and the diet for me. I think that's why that I might clock in at the 33 <laughs> age. I hope that's true. You should take this test. It's the, uh, what is this website? Worldfitnesslevel.org. Check that out and, uh, tell me what you think, if it's accurate or not. 
all this talking about running. I, I should probably get out there and do some myself. Sun's about to come up. I don't like running in the dark. Some of these guys do. And uh, I, I just don't want to do that because I will face plant on the trail. I know it. Um, I mean, obviously they have headlamps, but still, there's so much out there. I, I kind of need the sunlight. So it is almost sunlight here. And uh, me and Molly are going to go hit the trail. I don't know. I've got the itch now to... Uh, I feel like I want to try to run something. I, it's been a while because if my problem is if I am not registered for a run, my my running is all over the place. I mean, it's it's not consistent at all. So there is a run coming up in November that I think I'm going to check out. It is the Wonderland uh, Marathon in uh, in Spicewood, Texas, not too far out of town. And it uh, looks beautiful. Goes around the Colorado River. We will see. I will keep you posted. If uh, if I do wind up training for a marathon, um, you're going to hear me talking about running a lot. Either that or I've got to take a break from the podcast because it is very, it's all consuming. <laughs> That's all I'll say. I mean, it is getting up early every morning, hitting the hitting the pavement or the trail, one of the two. So I should do more talking and less moving. That should be the new mantra for my life. (laughs) I hope you have a good week and uh, thank you. Oh, so much for listening. Veronica and I are trying this new fad called uh, jogging. I believe it's jogging or yogging. It might be a soft J. I'm not sure, but apparently you just run for an extended period of time. It's supposed to be wild.